Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world. With Ani Avedisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Ani Avedisian. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three part spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation. And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini. The show that tries to sort out what's true, what's a woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's, they keep trying to impeach him, but they will never reach him. They have fallen into their own trap. The machinery of the cabal will be sold for scrap. They want to blur the lines between good and evil. But the good guys are about to go medieval with the deep state weevils. Sorry asked, what a farce. Common sense is sparse. Silly, silly little world. As always, my darlings, we try to do this with as much dignity and decorum as can be mustered on any given day. We are not always successful. I'll admit to that. But we are on a bound to give it our best shot. And on this show, the Metaphysical Martini Show, we do love the odd shot now and then. Yes, we do. In fact, give me a moment here. Let me take a sip of today's cosmic cocktail. Ah, <clears throat> mm. Uh, mm, did I make a good choice? Ooh, I don't think so. But let's find out. Sometimes they grow on me. Um, yes, well, more about that toward the end of the show. Because, darlings, you know, I know we're a spiritual sort of show, but this is where the Holy Spirit meets top shelf distilled spirits. And what a divine union that is. If you're joining us for the very first time, a warm welcome to you. Fair warning, this show is politically incorrect so as not to erode the intellect. We reject anything woke. We know the agenda behind the death poke. This show, it's for spirit-centered patriots from all walks of life who understand the machinery of the deep state, the cabal, the establishment, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call Lucifer's minions. We martini heads are committed to exposing and obliterating the dark agenda, uh, the dark agenda even, and restoring America to her sacred purpose. Yes, folks. The dark ones, well, they may call themselves the Illuminati, but we martini heads, we are the obliterati. We believe in common sense, common courtesy, common decency, because quite frankly, darlings, we're just common folk. We believe in unlimited souls and limited government. The beast has gorged on the fruits of our labor for a very long time, and surely, darlings, that's a crime. It's way past time to starve that beast and take back our feast. How did we let it all get to this point? Well, 
we fell for the oldest trick in the book. Distract, deride, divide and conquer. Darlings, have we woken up yet? The good guys, they're taking the long and winding road to ensure that as many peeps as possible wake up before the poop hits the pavement. And I'm sincere when I say I feel for those who have entrenched themselves in their petty partisan affiliations, unable to move past their social indoctrination. It doesn't pay to have a small world view. I think we're figuring this out now. When the illusion shatters, where will you go if you have a tiny world? If your entire world is the size of a small bunt cake, and hollow in the middle to boot. I mean, where are we going to go from there? I don't know, darlings. I'll just say, you know, what are we going to do with today's show? Today's show, we have questions, answers and comments. And of course, that is the reason we started the show, to hear the joys and the woes of we the people. I suspect at some point we are going to share some very silly poetry because we all need a laugh. And we will, of course, discuss the cocktail of the day. And beyond that, I have no idea. So, you know, let's get on with the show and let's see how it goes. I'm game for anything if you are. But before we get into the meat of the show, allow me to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. If you are looking for a gift or are engaged in your personal spiritual growth, Mystical Wares can help with both. The items you are looking for, they have them piled high from the ceiling to the floor. And if you're looking for Shungite, no other store has more. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. Mysticalwares.com when it comes to spirit stuff, they are the bomb and very nice people they are too. So, darlings, what's been going on? Um, well, quite a lot, really. I mean, great deception, cataclysm, awakening, mopping up, um, poop hitting the pavement left, right and centre. It's a bit like standing behind an elephant with diarrhoea these days, isn't it, really? I did notice, though, it's been quite a while since I received any serious hate mail. And, you know, by that, I mean hate mail that I would take down to the local Shire Reeves office and say, if someone kills me, please investigate this. So the hate mail thing for me, because it's not like I'm a known quantity or anything. You know, I'm just a little podcaster here in the wilds of Wilsonville. Um, the hate mail thing, it comes and goes in spurts and it has... Well, it was all quiet on the Pacific Northwestern front until recently. It appears the small-minded are greatly offended by my common sense take on things. Now, I accept that I am, by nature, direct <laughs> and a tad blunt on occasion, but, you know, that's just how I am. It's not a mechanism I developed to jar people. It's my personality. I don't set out to be rude. I just don't care for small talk and I don't make noise for the sake of making noise. I'm a sort of a no fancy frills or pretense of luxury type of person. What you see is what you get. Now, I have refined my delivery over the years, as one does, 
if one wants to convey a message to the world at large. But I won't pretend to be something I'm not because authenticity is a rare commodity in today's arse backward world. You know, um, today's world, it's not just arse backward, it's deliberately inverted to present a different version of the world. That would be the cabal's version of the world. So why am I getting hate mail again? Because I'm not doing anything different or saying anything different. Well, the Tennessee trans shooting event stirred the pot a bit, didn't it? I'm sure that you noticed that the current bought and paid for puppet administration showed zero sympathy for the murdered children and insisted no less that we show the mentally ill trans shooter all of our love. Now that's effed up, my darlings, isn't it? Not showing the shooter love, but not showing the people who were shot love. So the agenda right now, it couldn't be more obvious. You know, identify with the mentally ill murderers, give them your love, and never mind about the children because they were just a few Christian kids. And spirit-centered people are a pain in the ass for the cabal. All that connection to God in any form is a roadblock in their obey and pay the state only agenda. So the Soros Brigade, aka Antifa, and for those who don't know, Soros is the representative of the city of London branch of the cabal. So the Soros Brigade has now been instructed to attack anyone questioning the mental health of trans people. Antifa, I, I can't take them seriously. Antifa is rent-a-thug for the cabal. Enraged people with small minds and hugely inflated egos. That is the perfect cannon fodder for the cabal. Easy to manipulate and just as easy to eradicate as they will soon find out. The cabal uses its cannon fodder well. And when these unfortunate, clueless minions have served their purpose, their overlords will send them out to cause chaos somewhere or another, and they will set them up to be the victims and convince some other group to attack and murder them. Oldest game in civilization, oldest trick in the book, and yet they fall for it. Why is that? <laughs> well, let's take a look at the education system. Well, should we? I mean, it churns out its fair share of losers these days, doesn't it? I don't remember my generation asking teachers what we should be thinking, how we should be reacting, who we are supposed to like and who we are supposed to hate. I remember something quite the opposite. We were all too happy to tell our teachers our point of view. You see, the reason is we actually had one because we were taught to observe and to absorb and to attempt to understand conflicting viewpoints, to review them, to discuss them. And above all, we were taught never to complain unless we were willing to have meaningful discussion leading to resolution. It's very obvious to those who are somewhat awake that this puppet administration doesn't want free thinkers. It doesn't want patriots, and it certainly doesn't want spirit-centered citizens. 
What does it want, Arnie? I will tell you what it wants. It wants mobs of clueless, expendable zombies. So listen up, all you poorly educated, poorly read young people. They say, well, of course, you have internal rage. But they don't trust you to know why. And they're going to tell you why you're enraged. And they're going to tell you who has enraged you. And they will tell you what to do about it and how to go about it. And they will pay you. And if you live long enough, which you won't, but never mind, moving on, they will give you a little money each month, just enough to eat bugs and soy paste and pay rent on your mini capsule pod home in your 15 minute start smart city while they track your every move, track your every ounce of consumption, every ounce of excrement until you no longer serve any purpose for them, at which time they will quietly dispose of you and they can do that because they control everything that goes in and out of your 15-minute city. Now, oh my God, Arnie, really, seriously, how will anyone get away with it? Well, look around, my darlings. They can do this because nobody noticed that for years, the cabal has controlled everything that goes in and out of our bodies and in and out of our minds, resulting in some of us becoming literally out of our minds. And then the next step, of course, after that is having no mind of our own, which is a dream for the cabal. Biohackable units, warm bodies to do their bidding with absolutely no spark of their own. Goodbye, spark of ingenuity that connects us to the divine. Hello, transhuman automatons. Going to say, well, I'm going to say a lot, actually, because it's my show, but I'm going to say that up until last year, I freely admit it was painful for me to watch this play out. And remember, I know the game. I played some small part in writing some of these programs. I wasn't anyone important just one of many, many dozens of intuitives that were employed by the establishment to um, do their bidding. I'm in a better place this year. I'm in a better place in general because I don't work for them, but I'm in a better place this year than I was last year because I'm happy to watch it play out now. I know we're in for a rough few years and I know we must expect a period of chaos and, and in fact, I welcome it. And I know there will be a lockdown for the safety of the same people. But, you know, let's just go with it because this is where we are. And I guess this is the way we are playing the game of life today. Now, to all of my haters, um, <laughs> to all of those so eager to, in their own words, call me out on my shit, darlings, if you are laboring under the illusion that I care one jot for your opinion, lay down that burden. Nothing you do or say means anything to me because, you know, with respect, you're not in your right minds. You don't even read my posts all the way through before responding. Typical example, and this isn't the hate mail. The hate mail actually comes in the mail and it is hateful. Um, so example. I'll post something about well, the Bill of Rights on Facebook and whatever, right? And the comments I get are things like, oh, so all the children can die as long as you can keep your assault rifles. 
Well, my post had nothing to do with the Second Amendment in particular, even though it's part of the Bill of Rights, and who said anything about children dying? And can someone provide me with a definition for assault rifle? I've been shooting for years and I have yet to come across one. Now I have rifles. I mean, my rifles can serve multiple purposes. I can hunt or plink or compete in competition or defend myself all with the same rifle. I could use that same rifle in an assault if I chose to, but since I am a sane person, Going around assaulting people, tempting though it is these days, is not part of my MO. So, dear haters, if you're going to talk about guns, get some education on the subject, please, because you sound like little whiny babies without the cute factor. A rifle doesn't become an assault rifle just because it's made of black metal instead of lovely wood. Nor does it become fully automatic when made of black metal instead of lovely wood. Only the military have fully automatic weapons. And you probably don't even know the difference between semi-automatic and fully automatic or three-shot burst or any of that. Darlings, how can I put this so that it makes sense? Let me think. I'm thinking. I'm sipping this drink. Hold on. I don't like it, but I'm going to drink it because I'm doing the show. All right. Guns do not shoot themselves. A living being has to pull the trigger. If I show you two identical standard hand hammers, one with a wooden handle and one with a metal handle, is the one with the metal handle an assault hammer? If I show you a box of matches and next to it I put a Bic lighter, is the Bic lighter an assault fire starter? If you don't like guns, don't buy one. There'll be more for me, you see. You seem to be under the impression that plinkers stalk the hood, hoping for any opportunity to kill someone. There are millions of gun owners in this country and hundreds of millions of guns. My gun, my guns, are for recreation, defense if need be, um, and primarily to stop the government from coercing me into taking action that will harm me. If guns were the problem, every single person in America would be dead by now. So please, why don't you all roll your misdirected hate into a joint and smoke it until you see sense? What else can I say now to further annoy my haters? Because I do want to, uh, I do want to address this, and I, I, I just want to give them back a little love. Okay, gun sales. Let's talk about that. They've rocketed, skyrocketed, and rightly so, given the assault on our sovereignty. Now that is the correct word. <laughs> that is the correct use of the word assault. So, with so many new gun owners out there, may I offer this? If you are a first-time gun buyer, please don't take your gun home and leave it in the box just in case something comes up. Should something come up, the last thing you need to worry about is where did I put my gun? Where is the ammo? How do I use it? How do I load it? Where is the safety? You will be dead before you complete that thought process. You buy your gun 
and you find a local shooting range and you get instruction and you get private tuition, which typically runs $85 to $125 per session and is worth every single penny because pointing and shooting is not enough because you are responsible for every shot you take. And that means you are responsible for where that bullet ends up. And those buggers can travel quite a distance. You need to learn how to handle every aspect of your firearm safety. You need to learn how to strip it, clean it, lube it, reassemble it, store it, how to carry it, how to draw it, how to shoot it accurately. And that all takes practice. And in addition to the safety and basic training classes, I highly recommend taking situational awareness classes and basic first aid classes. And if you're going to get a concealed carry permit, you will need to take a concealed carry class because you will be surprised how much you will learn and your confidence, which is very important, especially when handling firearms, will go from zero to 10 in no time. Any tool or appliance is safe if you know how to use it. Now, I'm not even a gun enthusiast, according to my friends. I'm just like, oh, Arnie, yeah, she's a casual recreational plinker. And by that, I think they mean I don't shoot in competition, not yet. But even as a casual recreational plinker, I spend approximately four to six hours a month at the range for target practice and drills and about three hours a month at home doing dry fire drills. And all of that is in addition to keeping my guns clean and well maintained. If you have several firearms, it can be an expensive hobby. But for the first time buyers who only want one gun, the cost is manageable. You'll need a small safe with easy access, a cleaning kit, which is not expensive, ammo, training ammo is cheap enough. Um, your defensive loads will be a bit more, but again, it's manageable. And after the cost of training, which I insist you get, it's just a monthly club membership. And I advise, I strongly advise getting USCCA shooters insurance because with this administration, the victim is the guilty one and the guilty one is the victim. So bank about 40 bucks a month for your club and 30 bucks a month for your insurance. And the ammo depends on how often you shoot. But if you're a one gun shooter, Shooting 50 training rounds a week, you can keep it under 50 bucks, depending on the caliber, of course. And you know what? I know crafters who spend four times that each month on their crafting projects. So, you know, each to their own. A hobby that you enjoy, that you're committed to, that gives you pleasure is going to cost a bit of money, isn't it? Responsible gun owners are the good guys. We are the ones who will ultimately prevent the globalist takeover of our country. And it is important that we always conduct ourselves with honor, with accountability, with integrity. Learn to use your weapon and learn to do so well. And God bless America and God help those who wish to turn our country into a new world order outpost. Because you have not begun to understand the meaning of grassroots rebellion. Well, I hope I pissed off a lot of people right there. So, you know, let's get on with quack questions, answers and comments. The reason why we started the show in the first place. Darlings, if you wish to share your trials, your tribulations and incantations with martini heads worldwide, send your emails to me, arnie at arnieavidician.com 
or via snail mail to Cosmic Arnie, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon, 97070, America the Beautiful. And please let me know if and how you wish to be identified, or I shall refer to you as omit personal details. Okay, let's shake up. Woo! Let's shake up. Woo! <laughs> Oh, I do love doing that. Um, the fishbowl of perpetual perplexity. And let's see what pops out. Shaky, shaky. All right. This first one is from, oh, you have written to us before. This is from Black Sheep Bert. <laughs> we all feel that way, darling. Um, in Scottsdale, Arizona, who asks, Dear Mad Shaman, I still don't understand why the good aliens, if they are so highly evolved, can't just land here on earth and set us straight what is the point in orbiting and just watching us self-destruct do they get some sort of strange pleasure from it is it a sort of a soap opera that they relay back to their home world warning the children's of the perils of reading about ego what do you say arnie well black sheep bert i say a lot um Two things on that, I guess. One, they actually can't land. They may, not the ones that you want to land, they can't land. They may be highly evolved in comparison to Joe and Jane Doe, but their physical bodies are still, well, physical. And the density here would not work in their favor. You know, many of them do create human bodies and it takes them approximately six months to learn how to operate in them so you know do understand we are dimensions apart from their levels of awareness if they were to come back come down now i really don't know what would happen to them i mean could they even land or would they just like go mad with the density and think they were in a garage full of carbon monoxide the other thing on that is we will have to wait they will land at some point, but we will have to wait until the machinery of deep state is dismantled and the main players have been executed or deported to a prison planet or otherwise dealt with. Because even if they could land today, which they can't, people are still gullible and dependent on the system that enslaves them and can be easily convinced to think of ETs as a hostile invading force. Black sheep, but it's not time yet. As for setting us straight, it's our job to set ourselves straight. We don't delegate our salvation to others, not if we want to learn and not if we want lasting peace and permanent change. We spent decades messing up and we have to take responsibility step by step, correct our mistakes and build the foundations of a better world. If we can do that, believe me, we will see so many ETs on earth it will put the Star Wars franchise to shame. All right, what else is in the fishbowl today? Let's stir it up a little bit. This is from, oh, honestly, Bert, really, do you honestly think they're relaying it back to some soap opera in the Palladian colonies? I really don't think so. They have a lot more grace and compassion. When, you know, I talk to these people on a fairly regular basis and they're never condescending. They never look down for us and they would never mock us. In fact, they commend us for being incarnate in what they call the armpit of this solar system. So, huzzah, 
All right, moving on, moving on, moving on. Um, this is from, please don't give my, okay, this is from Omit Personal Details who asks, Arnie, do you recommend peyote for spiritual growth? Mm. I pray and meditate and have read many books. While I feel more connected, I haven't experienced the same type of breakthrough that others report. Would peyote help me achieve that? Alrighty, Omit. Um, here's my take on it. I have some very strong views on this. I'm not a fan of peyote or mescaline or ayahuasca or LSD or anything in that genre. My preferred method for breakthrough actually is fasting and colonics. Anyway, that said, many have found psychedelics to be a valuable experience. Um, I'll confine my comments to peyote since that was the only drug you mentioned. So peyote. The DEA still classifies it as a Schedule I drug, and therefore it is illegal, except if being used by a Native American church, a registered Native American church, for bona fide ceremonial and religious purposes. And if you're going to take peyote, please take it under qualified supervision. I will agree these drugs have their uses, but if you take them unsupervised, it can go very wrong very quickly. And, you know, I have taken LSD on a couple of occasions when I was younger. I don't, it, it doesn't work for me. I don't think I needed to know that life was, I didn't need to break the barriers of inner consciousness. Um, and I, you know, um, anyway, moving on, peyote. Now, it's not something easy to prepare. It has to be dried and it has to be prepared for ingestion by experienced practitioners because it will produce psychoactive effects. You will go on a trip, which I know it's what you want, but I don't know if people understand what I mean when I say your perception of reality will be altered. You will have an altered perception of time and space you will have vivid hallucinations. And you may become fixated on an object or some past event that you had considered formerly trivial, but you'll be absolutely obsessed with it. And that can get you into a strange loop. You also will probably experience multiple mood swings during your trip. And that is why you need a shaman or other qualified guy. Don't call on me, I don't do this stuff but you need a shaman or other qualified guide with you to keep you safe. There's also, you know, physical things too. It's not all just in the mind. There will be changes in your blood pressure, your heart rate, your body temperature. You will get cold and you will get hot and you will twitch. You will feel perhaps disconnected to your body during the trip. Your coordination will be impaired and you may well experience nausea and vomiting. And if you are someone who's prone to anxiety, it is more than possible that your hallucinations could be horrifying. You know, confusion, paranoia, panic, terror, all these things are possible if you are an anxious person. So please be aware of what you're getting into. Also, and I have had personal um, experience of this, not me, but my clients, if you have a history of mental health issues, it could cause a psychotic break. 
So it's not just something you choose to do on a Saturday morning, like, oh, I think I'll have a mani-pedi. No, it's not like that at all. The other thing I want to mention, um, it's not like there's an inexhaustible supply of peyote. It takes a long time to grow. And so why do I mention that? Right. It's because you want to be sure you're not being given a substitute created in a lab somewhere. The native people who use peyote, it's part of their culture. They were born into it and they use it never as a recreational drug, never, but as a way to heal on an individual basis and uh, a way to heal the tribal community. They don't go on trips. They have healing spirit visions. So please understand the indigenous approach is different to ours, very different. So however you choose to proceed with this, please don't rush into it. Make a list of all of the reasons why you think you need it. And then I strongly advise reaching out to NAC, Native American Church, for advice. A breakthrough is all well and good. And I have seen people have good results with hallucinogenic. But a breakthrough is one thing and a broken psyche is quite another. All right, moving on. Um, what else is in the fishbowl today? This is from Mandy who writes, Ani, I have visited your realm on World of Warcraft many times and you are never there. Do you have set play times? How would you know if I was? Mandy, there is this small matter of having a full-time job in real life. So no, I'm not on as often as I would like to be. And I can't spend much time once I am there. I will typically play for 20 minutes or so during my lunch break, uh, weekdays. I might pop on for a few minutes before bed to see what my crazy guildmates are up to. And I do make an effort to log in for the Tuesday resets, but that's about it. But you know what? Next time you're on, darling, um, why don't you send me an in-game message? And that way I'll have your character's name and we can meet for a cup of grog in one of the virtual taverns. Um, also, my Character level is 70 and I'm Alliance, so I'm usually in the Dragon Isles, but I'm happy to travel to say hi to a fellow Martini head. What else have we got today? What else have we got today? Um, this is from Nancy and I don't know where she's from and maybe she doesn't know either. But anyway, she asks, Ani, I recently took a level one Reiki class and was introduced to my spirit guide. How lovely. Is it important to develop a relationship with him? I have always talked directly to God and never had a sense of any spirit guide. I don't want to be rude to him, but isn't talking to him just another level of separation from God? You know, Nancy, that's a jolly good question, darling. And here's my response. The universe is bursting at the seams with all manner of life, operating on multiple levels of awareness, multiple frequencies, all of whom are at their core manifestations of the divine. I suspect you were introduced to your guide as a courtesy, not as a stepping stone to divine connection and not as a replacement to divine connection. So with that in mind, I would say you are under no obligation to start talking to him instead of God. But why not think of it as having been introduced to a friend from the other side who has chosen you as his pet project? 
you don't have to go around looking for him, you know, opening cupboards and going, oh, hello, spirit guide, are you there? Um, or consciously waiting for his input. And he's not going to watch you on the toilet or anything. But you, well, I, I don't know. I don't know your spirit guide. Maybe he does. <laughs> There's a thought. But um, you could start by saying good morning to him every morning and just saying, you know, I acknowledge you, even though I perhaps can see you, perhaps I can't or whatever. And, you know, wish him a nice day and then say good night to him and thank him for being there and for any help he might have provided that you were not aware of. You know, I too am all about direct communication with God, but God reserves the right to lend a hand through its creations. Um, example, uh, if you pray for money, and many people do, <laughs> it isn't going to sort of materialize on your dresser. If it does, please <laughs> send me your method. Um, so you pray for money and how do you get it? Well, one of God's creations will either lend it to you, give it to you, or make it available to you in some way, the correct job offer, you win the lottery, something. So having a spirit guide is like having a friend behind the scenes looking out for you should you become distracted. Just think of him as an agent of God, dun, da, 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 there behind the scenes with only your best interests at heart. So I hope that helps. Um, I don't really chat much with my guides to be given, I mean, to be honest, but, you know, given their proximity, they have saved my sorry ass from trouble more than once. So, you know, a simple hello, a simple goodbye, thank you and a blessing. Um, I always say develop a, a sense of familiarity with the energies around you. That way there's no resistance, um, and you get the information that you need and it's all, you know, it's all really chill, baby, you know. Shall we take another question? Shall we? I don't know. Let's do it. Why not? I mean, that's what we're here for, isn't it? Um, shaky, shaky. This is from Samuel in New York. Dear Annie, since it is almost impossible to tell the true from the woo, from the things we flush down the loo, where have I heard that before? How do we discern truth from lies? Samuel, follow the money. It leads you to the agenda. Once there, common sense and objectivity will do the job. And I think we can all agree that right now the lies are too ridiculous to miss. So I don't think you're going to have any trouble. You know, this is what I mean about getting the ego programming out of the way. Um, you know, and if we couple that with the fact that our brains, our physical brains do love a shortcut. If we hear things over and over and over and over and over again, the brain goes, oh, bloody hell, enough of this rubbish. I'll just go ahead and believe that. And that is a great part of the perceptual engineering. I talk about the social conditioning. It's actually black magic. We just call it perceptual engineering because it's mind control. And the ego loves that. It will get you distracted. You're sitting there thinking, you know, you're sitting there reading the news or watching the news and going, you know, this just sounds like a load of baloney to me. Really and truly, they're making some of this up or they're definitely, you know, warping, warping the parameters here. Um, and that's your common sense and your intuition speaking. And at that point, you should take some deep breaths and clear the aura and 
vibrate above the news while you listen to the news. But the ego is going to say, good heavens, man, it's on the news. It must be true. And so we have this internal war raging and you are never going to discern the true from the woo and what gets flushed down the loo outside if you don't have that sorted out inside. That, my darlings, is the secret to life, the universe and everything. And I want to take a moment to thank all you lovely martini heads for writing in over the years and letting us know how you feel about things. We truly are in the realm of the insane, aren't we? The globalists are peddling and pushing their satanic inversion ideology like there's no tomorrow, probably because they realize that even though mankind has slumbered, their tomorrows are numbered. We are at war. The American media won't show it, but European resistance to new world order is ongoing and relentless. Viva la France, God bless the Dutch, and I hear the bells of rebellion in my former home, Great Britain. And Africa, of course, is going through a major shift in consciousness. Every planet in the solar system is going through its own thing, but on this planet, every country is shifting rapidly. It is palpable. It is often nauseating and vertigo inducing. But awakenings on this level are never pretty. They're never comfortable. But we must splosh through the sludge before we get to the fudge. And I do like a bit of fudge. Mm. Now, I have received a great many emails recently asking, can we actually disengage from the matrix? Is it a possibility? What will replace it? How do we go about it? Well, there's, you know, we could talk for this, talk about this for hours and we will in increments, but I find it helps. Don't think of the matrix as a fixed location. Banks are corrupt. But do we have to replace them? Why can't we just end the Fed, end usury, and use currency that actually exists? Now, you know, there's a notion. That's what's going on with all this BRICS stuff and people telling the Americans you can keep your dollar. Education. It's a joke. I agree. But do we have to close down all the schools? No. We just eliminate the woke satanic agenda and the mentally ill people promoting it and replace it with a sensible approach to the game of life and how to prepare our children for it. The justice system is corrupt from tail to snout. But do we have to destroy it? Ah, actually, I'm going with a yes on that one. <laughs> I'm going with a yes on that one. We need to move past common law and return to community arbitration. The law should serve the people, not the establishment, and it should be the people that instigate the courts of law. It should be the people that bring forward any suit, not the establishment. And the people need to get on board with that. But the people do not know that once a birth certificate has been issued, they are, you know, they're used as collateral by the establishment. There is so much the people do not know, but the people are learning. Yes, we are. And we need to keep learning because no one in power willingly stands down. 
How long will it take, I wonder, for mm, police officers in general in Europe or wherever trying to control the ever-increasing number of protesters? How long will it take them to realize that they too are part of the community? Who do they serve? I mean, I do understand it is difficult to give up your job when you're making thousands, you know, a nice salary and a pension and this and that and the other. But I wonder if they remember or even know what happened to police officers at the end of World War II. To those who brutalized we the people in the name of fascism or communism or socialism or any state sanctioned ism, it wasn't pretty, but they did get exactly what they deserved. The same applies, of course, to the politicians, because they are the lowest grade of minion on the Luciferian scale. I didn't put them at the bottom. The Luciferian overlords put them at the bottom of the scale because they are so easily bought. Of course, the religious establishments, which will be the last lie to fall, but it will fall. This concerns a great many religious people. I have Christian friends and, uh, you know, Muslim friends and uh, friends who adhere to a particular dogma, a particular religion. Um, and they, they are concerned. And I think they're concerned because they're all married to their prophets. Uh, deep down, everyone wants unity, but deep down, everybody wants everyone to actually convert to their religion. And, uh, you know, come on, people. You know it's true. Come on, don't lie to yourselves. The only thing I can say that will give you comfort is when you transcend religion, you actually become self-realized and you don't need to seek out a community because you are the community of the cosmos within you. Perhaps you can't hold that higher vibration, but that is exactly what Jesus was talking about. That is exactly what the Buddha was talking about. That is exactly what Muhammad was talking about and all of the other prophets whose names just escape me in this moment. In today's inverted world, it takes a great deal of moral fiber and courage to say, no, <laughs> no, I won't go against the people because I too am the people. I'm human. My family are human. My family are the people. What, what I am being asked to do unto others today may well be done to me and mine tomorrow. And believe me, it will. No one willingly gives up their salary, their pension. I understand that. But for those in uniform, how long do you think you can keep this up and live? Because we haven't begun to learn the meaning of people's revolution. It's coming. And assuming you live, can you live with what you have done? Without honor, without integrity, Without our connection, we have nothing. And what about the medical community within the matrix? Oh boy, what a web of filth and feces that is. Did you inject people with the clot shot, knowing it would do more harm than good? Oh, painful, I know. Take a deep breath. Let me ask that question again. Did you inject people with the clot shot, knowing it would do more harm than good. Maybe you fell for it at first and then had your doubts. Perhaps you spoke out but were shut down by the bully brigade. 
Did you cower and quietly continue to engage in mass murder, hoping against all hope that your contribution to planetary genocide would go unnoticed? Did you refuse people life-saving surgery because they refused to take the death jab first? How many times did that scenario play out? I know of a few personally amongst my clientele. Oh, believe me, darlings, there will be an almighty overhaul of the chemical medical complex. We shall hold you all accountable. That is the way things work. And what you have done to others shall be done unto you. And we shall return to first do no harm and place the emphasis once again on prevention, not cure. To all those who cause great harm because they could not find the courage to speak out or to step away, I say this, come forward now. Come forward now and blow the whistle and serve mankind. Because, well, darlings, how else can I put this? Um, Woe unto him who builds his house without righteousness and his upper rooms without justice, who uses his neighbor's services without pay and does not give him his wages. Woe to those who scheme iniquity, who work out evil on their beds. When morning comes, they do the evil, for it is in the power of their hands. They covet fields, poison the land, and then seize the land and the houses they take them away. They rob a man of his house, a man and his inheritance. They break the man with unfair taxes. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am planning against this dark cabal, a calamity from which they cannot remove their necks and they will not walk haughtily for it will be an evil time for them. Woe unto those who knowingly turned their backs upon the truth and cowering before the dark ones continue to harm the righteous and the innocent. How shall we look upon you if you do not repent? You will experience one thousandfold that which you have afflicted, inflicted upon the righteous and upon the innocent. Sometimes, darlings, I sit back and I look at the scope of what is happening. And I marvel. Did I go a little Pentecostal there? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was a Pentecostal preacher in a former life. Now, you know, we all know I'm not a religious person, even though I you know, majored in theology and all of that stuff. But, um, oh gosh, once in a while, don't you just want to have a tent meeting and just yell at everyone? I do. I feel so much better when I do that. Also, I can't guarantee the Bible verses I just quoted are 100% accurate. And I'm pretty sure I made up the last paragraph from scratch. But errors and edits are very much part of the biblical experience, aren't they? So can we disengage from the matrix? What is the definition of a matrix? That's a good question. I think Miriam Webster would probably say something along the lines of um, a situation or surrounding substance within which something else originates, develops or is contained. If we want to help dissolve this matrix, let us first seek the kingdom of heaven, which means to identify and overwrite the ego programming. And let us have discussions on the meaning of self-realization. And let us do whatever we can to be as self-sufficient as possible. And by that, I mean not dependent on the centralized state apparatus. Whew, well, that was a heavy heavy thing. Um, I think we need some light, some lighthearted poetry. What about a silly poem? I think we should do that. Even better, 
What about a series of short, funny poems? Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you a short collection of even shorter poems based on the theme Extraterrestrial Lives Matter, written by the one, the only, me. Here we go. This one's called Reptilian Renaissance. Not all reptilians are evil and cold. The new generation don't quite fit that mold. While it is true as a species they value their might, some younger lizards prefer not to fight. They prefer to hang out and take hits off their bongs, to strum on guitars and compose cool folk songs. They are branded as dropouts and a curse on their nation for refusing to join in off-world nomination. Some will stay strong and some will fall faint-hearted. Their road is a long one, but the movement has started. Here we go. Here's another one. I've called this one Three Little Martians, um, and I've called it Three Little Martians because it's about three little Martians. Here we go. Three little Martians sitting in a boat. One had a sandwich. One had a goat. The third took out his penis to see if it would float and was promptly castrated by a passing motorboat. Well, that didn't go well for him, did it? All right. Here's a couple of really short ones. This one's called um, No Alien Asteroid Assistance. My spaceship hit an asteroid. All alone in the void, I was annoyed. And here's one. <laughs> here's one called Space is Clean. There is no porn in space. No gravity equals no depravity. And here's a few short ones that I've just, I haven't titled them there. I just call them short ET poem. So here's number one. We gave you astrophysics, but you prefer fighting and ballistics. You have been, oh, we have been collating statistics. Your race has unfavorable characteristics. I should work on that one, make it a bit smoother. Here's another one. While orbiting Earth, watching mankind's bizarre rituals, I became so depressed, I became a little gray. <laughs> and uh, here's another shot, a short one. This one's called Baby Demons. When baby demons gnawed at my toes, the aliens sighed in sympathy. Can you tell, I asked, can you see the bites? No matter, said they, socks won't preserve your dignity. That's very deep, that one. You know, you have to sort of navigate the inner corridors of my strange mind to get that one. Here's one about moon landings. Many say the moon landings were faked. We say that story is only half-baked. Just as you feared, the truth is quite weird, and truth is not something to which humans are geared. You came, you landed, you were reprimanded and left, and, and, and left empty-handed. The moon is not yours and cannot be branded. The landing was real, but the footage is fake. Good luck, humans, finding the original take. 
And here's one about Romulan ale. Uh, for those of you who watch Star Trek, Romulan, Romulan ale is, is, is prized throughout the cosmos. Uh, and it's blue, by the way. So, you know. So my ode to Romulan, Romulan ale. That is not easy to say. Oh, perfect pint, azure, resplendent. With just one sip, I am transcendent. Oh, sacred beer, oh, otherworldly hops. In my native tongue, thou art knockout drops. Ah, <laughs> oh, darlings, I don't know. Um, I hope you enjoyed those. They were, they were, they, they were funny. Um, oh, I'm going to do another little one for you. For those of you who know the story of the Grand Old Duke of York, who had 10,000 men, um, this is uh, about Prince Andrew, um, <laughs> celebrating the pending demise of the Dark Cabal and the bloodlines by poking a little fun at someone who loved a little poke. Here we go. The Grand Old Duke of York had issues with his cork. They marched him out of the palace at dawn and took away his pawn. And now that the game is up, do you think they'll lock him up? Or will he simply disappear in a royal cover-up? And will the royal bank use privilege and rank to distract us from the royal baguette and hope we all forget? And now that the game is up, do you think they'll lock him up? Or will he simply disappear in a royal cover-up? Oh, well, I've just pissed off all the English now. The bloodlines are in an uproar. Their shiny veneers are cracking. The illusion is losing its luster. We are no longer enthralled by the shiny. So interesting times ahead, people. I can't recall who said this, but it was along the lines of the only meaningful advice I can give right now is brace for impact. Darlings, I just, you know, hope you really enjoyed the show today um because if you didn't a tremendous waste of an hour for you and i i'm not going to finish this drink because i don't like it ah oh, but i'm still going to end the show today's real life cocktail was a very exotic thing called a midnight mochi and it was created by fatima butler founder and ceo of rooted in hospitality and the bartender at pizza lobo in chicago illinois and it's a mixture of gin and coconut sake and coconut milk and sesame seed simple syrup which you have to make up yourself and one part lime juice and a bar spoon of matcha powder and edible flowers for garnish and yes i did all this i made the syrup with the toasted black sesame seeds and water and sugar and i boiled and i simmered and i strained through a cheesecloth and i shook it all over ice and i double strained it into a in, into a glass i garnished with the edible flowers did i enjoy it Technically, it's nicely balanced, so I can't fault it, but I don't care for coconut milk and I don't like sesame seeds. So this wasn't the best choice for me. Um, but what doesn't kill us allows us to live on and make better choices, my darlings. Remember, folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink is all you need. I am Ani, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was a metaphysical martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, my darlings, do not submit to the state. Do not drink cheap booze. Turn off your televisions and above all, let the spirit inhabit the human. <laughs> Do 
have been listening to the metaphysical martini with Ani Alpatisian, the mad shaman, a production of cosmicreality.com. Thank you.